On today's crossover Locked On Mavs, Locked On Jazz, is Luka Doncic going to play? He spoke at practice today. Is that a good sign? Neither team has a script on how to win three more games yet. Who will discover one first? And here, what adjustments the Jazz and the Mavs could be making for game three. Who's on today's that? crossover Locked On Jazz, Mavs, let's go. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz crossover edition. I'm Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs and Jazz your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all, podca- all platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe to the show. The best thing you can do to help us, leave a comment. Go down, leave a comment. Doesn't matter what it is. Emoji, whatever. Respond to somebody else's comment. Get in fights. That helps us. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer, Mavs.com. The playoff person, the one more thinking. What you got for me today, Isaac Harris? There's a scene in The Fellowship of the Ring, and they're they're in the minds of Moria. And all of a sudden, they can hear the, the drum just start beating because they know something is coming. And I just want to know that if that's what's happening in Utah right now knowing that Luka Doncic should, should be coming. He could be coming <laughs> into this series. Where, where's your scared, worried factor right now, David Locke? I don't know. Am I Legalo, Scollum, or Gandalf? And I don't know who any of those people are. I just Wikipedia it really fast. <laughs> I don't know who any pronounce. of those characters just are. Just <laughs> <one. laughs> Oh, man. Luka Doncic spoke, to, spoke at Dallas Mavericks practice today, which is – I, I take it as a good sign. He had a couple of things to say. He got asked a ton of questions, and as as Luca does, answered them in very few words. Um, he said, the first couple of days, I couldn't even shoot. I was in a boot, but we've made a lot of progress. He said that he won't be 100% even when he comes back. He still thinks that he's going to be uh, struggling with that calf, and that if there's going to be a risk for the injury to get worse, he's not going to play. Isaac, do you expect Luca to play in game three? I, I said on yesterday's uh, show, and I'll say it again today, I don't expect him to play in game three, but um, I will welcome it if he, he wants to play. <laughs> you know, I think the Mavericks have played this perfectly, and I really give them credit because I think there was a, enough doubt out there of whether he was going to play and when he was going to play that what they really did is kept Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dwight Powell, and the rest of the crew motivated and kind of understanding their task at hand, which was to extend the series, go get one, stay engaged, don't feel like you have this insurmountable or incredibly difficult task all by yourselves. You know, Luke, everything on every report about Luke has been good news. I watched him on the floor before game two. You could have been giving bad news reports at that point, frankly. He, he really <laughs> wasn't doing much. His movements were unnatural. Um, I actually, he, he was jetting his right foot out super far in his shot because he didn't want to land on his left in a way that I actually went and pulled up Lucas shots on NBA.com. Cause I haven't seen him shoot enough to know. And, it, and then looked, it's like, okay, that's unnatural. Um, so, you know, I'll give the Mavericks credit. I think they've played the cards right on this and they're continuing to do so. He's close. He's close. I'd be surprised if he plays, um, you know, Saturday gets to 13 days, which is kind of right about where everyone thought it could probably be. And, and we'll see. And maybe it's not even going to be till Monday, but they've done what they need to do, which is stay engaged in the series and give, you know, it's clear he's coming at some point. So I think that's it. Frankly, as a jazz fan on this one, 
He's great. There's no question. I mean, but thank goodness that nice of you to admit that. Nice of you to admit that. (laughs) Because I mean, Luca could never have a game that good. No, but in all seriousness, no, I'm just kidding. Saucy. Um, he certainly could, but I Jalen Brunson was every bit as everything in the world. Um, I do actually think there's an element here where you know he's not probably 100%, particularly if he plays three or four. He's not very good defensively to start with. The Jazz pulled him out on pick and rolls more than any other team did in all of the NBA, and suddenly a Maverick defense that has been causing the Jazz some problems has a pretty glaring spot for them to attack, which is, you know, the Jazz got very, very stagnant in the third quarter when Mike Conley went out of foul trouble because Donovan Mitchell was trying to find who he was going to use to get Dorian Finney-Smith off of him because he struggles against Finney-Smith. If Luke is in the game, that's quick. Whoever Luke is guarding, come right to the ball immediately and get the offense started. And, and so... Trust me, I understand what Luca's offense is, but the the Luca's defense, particularly if he's not a hundred percent, gives the Jazz some options offensively that they don't have right now and don't have a lot of great answers to. So, so basically, what Dallas is doing to Donovan Mitchell right now, and Mitchell's healthy, right? Or <laughs> to Mike Conley, or and to Mike Conley. Yeah, I, I think everything that Luca would give up on the defensive end, and he's been good this year. Like defensively, he's been solid. He's he's played his part. He's had really really good defensive games this season. Uh, maybe they didn't come against the Utah Jazz, but he would he would take advantage of Conley and Mitchell in every way on offense and make up for all those points and more. I think you I can't mean, take advantage of him anymore than already was taking advantage of them in game two. <laughs> I mean, what's he gonna do? Score four points a bucket? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, there's there is a legitimate fact that like I don't know what the Dallas finished with for their offensive rating that game, but I actually don't think their offense can get much better. Didn't they finish like a one twenty offensive rating yeah, in that game? Cleaning the glass is one twenty four. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, Luca or no Luca, you're not gonna have much better than a one twenty four at any point in the series. And get, I mean, the fact that Dallas had three turnovers without their primary ball handler shows you. Kind well, of- well, let's make sure it's clear. We, you, me, and Nick had the same amount of turnovers as the Mavericks in the second half. True. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or any or anybody, any Maverick not named Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> I mean, they didn't the have a turnover. Game. Yeah. Wild. If Luca comes I mean, here, back. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm not trying to like, let me just make sure like so that people don't think I'm crazy. Because I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and bash Luca. I got who Luke is. I'm not like, I'm not lost on the number one, you know, drive guy, isolation player in the NBA. Like I got it. I'm not. But the Jazz in the in the two games in which Luca did the, which both teams were at full strength on February 25th, the Jazz ran 19 pick and rolls at Luke with, where they pulled Luka Doncic into the pick and roll. They mm. averaged 1.56 points per pick and roll on those 19 pick and rolls. In the next matchup, the Jazz had 22 where they pulled Luka into the pick and roll and averaged 1.3 points per pick play. I mean, those are obscene numbers. And the fact is that if you have Luca as the defender on the pick and roll, as the screen defender on the pick and roll, he ranked out of 288 guys, he ranks 285th. So, hmm. you know, it's not a, he's brilliant. He's unbelievable. He's great. Like, don't misunderstand. But if he's not 100% leg strength, which there's no way he is, if you, unless, no. like, from what I saw in game two to now, there's no way he's 100%. And he wasn't a great defensive player to start. There actually is an argument that the Jazz offense, which was not very good in game two, now has a place to go. And, you know, frankly, other than Davis Bertans, they haven't had a lot of success and had a place to go. And I think Dallas's counter to that would be, yes, 
they agree deep down with truth serum, but they probably just bank on we're gonna we'll just outscore you. He's Luka Doncic. Jesus, yeah, yeah, right. You put him out there. Absolutely. I'm not like saying you don't put him out there. I'm not, but you might have gained a game. I mean, I, and I don't even think you play this game of like I'm going to take an extra game. Do I rush him back? Is Devin Booker's hurt? Like none of that. Like if he's ready, he's ready. If he's not, he's not. Like you don't fool right, around. Man. He's 23 years old. And he's your franchise. He's going to carry to probably multiple NBA finals before it's done. And you know you don't do anything uh, anything other than what's best for him today. Do we see, I've seen this question a lot on different places today, Isaac. Do we think that if Luka does come back, let's say he comes back in game three early or game four, like we probably think he does. Is he in a limited role? Is he playing less minutes? Is he, he said at practice, he wants to come back and play. You know, I don't want to play limited minutes is, is his exact quote today. Do we see Luka accepting maybe a limited role and what would that look like? I don't know. I mean, you look at what Steph's doing right now, Golden State, right? right. I mean, him coming off the bench and all of that. I mean, I think that just goes with the relationship with the player and the franchise. And the hey, coach. as long as we're given uh, regular season awards out in the playoffs, should Steph Curry get six man of the year? Is that, <laughs> is that right? Hey, by the way, are you guys like, I mean, considering the fact that Luca's going to be a free agent coming up and like all the Knicks people were there to see Luka? in like five years, oh, like, are you, are you at all worried that you have to like acquiesce to whatever Luca wants? So he doesn't get mad and leave you in free agency. <laughs> I mean, I said the Knicks were there to watch their future point guard that they're going to get this offseason. And of course, it's Donovan Mitchell. Right. So. No, don't you understand the Jazz master plan? Make Jalen Brunson look so good. We don't want Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> the Knicks don't go after Donovan Mitchell. That's, using, that's using her head right there. That's right. We're letting, they're going to sign Jalen Brunson. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but having two 6 1 guards in the backcourt can be hard defensively. <laughs> yeah. Brutal. That's true. Well, anything else about Luka Doncic? We're ready. Well, we, for we were it. talking about his limited role. Would you? Would you see him taking oh. a limited role? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he would just because of his relationship with the team and the franchise and and the coaching staff. But it, it's just any player like that. It's, it's going to be super hard for him. And so, sure, I think he would. Does he want to? That's a different question. Right. Right. And does he want to play defense? He hadn't before. He has he has played defense this year, whether David Locke thinks that he played well or his best <laughs> defensive played. year this year by far. By far. All right. Uh, coming up. Coming up. We're gonna dive into the uh that's like going to like the biggest loser and saying <laughs> uh coming up, we're gonna dive into this matchup. We're gonna dive into the things that these two teams need to do in order for game three uh to get a win. Neither team has really a game plan right now that, that seems to have win. Each team has a win. So what does the game plan look like for each team? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Go check it out right now. They have everything available for you. They had taken down the Jazz Maverick series. Now the Jazz are a minus 240 favorite. That's down. It was like a mm. 500 or something like that a couple days ago. Now that Luka Doncic is progressing back, the BetOnline has adjusted that odds. Uh, We're still the, a seven-point favorite for this game. Ooh, that one, that's that's interesting. The that's Jazz spicy. seven point. Well, Jazz. because to your point, Nick, you've had all week long on locked on Mavericks. Even when Luca hasn't played, I don't think you have a double-digit loss yet. Nope. So not by not by more than eight. Seven seems like a lot. Like they, so, that would be their to to win that bet. You have to have the lo- largest Maverick loss of the year without Luka Doncic. I'm still waiting for that Jazz game where they just explode from three and hit like you know. Maybe not 20, yeah, maybe not 22 threes, but put a bunch of threes. So anyway, if you feel strongly about any of those, go check it out. They have all kinds of other things. They have series props. They have uh, game by game. They have the series as a whole. 
Uh, right now, the Warriors are a minus eighteen hundred favorite against the Nuggets. So if you're feeling if you're feeling like you want to throw some money away, go put some nu- money on the Nuggets. Everything, go check it out. The website today, your mobile device. It's Bet Online. Where put the my game? Seventy Sixers to win the NBA championship line. Ooh. Where they don't have it up right now. But you know what else it's time for? Bet Online. Oh, Where? it's Bill Bar time. I had one today. And what did you have? I had the coconut brownie. Like this I'm, one. Yeah, this is my last one. They're the best. Oh, they, oh no. And they, and they don't have them on the website because they sell out so fast. <laughs> oh, no. Sad. Really? It was your last one? Like, that's yeah. like my worst nightmare. I have, a, I have a built bar basket in my pantry. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And mine's yep. too full. And they just released mint marshmallow puffs, which I want. But my but my basket's already overflowing. And the rule is I can't order more if I've already got it <laughs> yeah. totally overflowing. That's what my wife tells me. Yeah. Right. Same rule. Yeah, we should share baskets. We'll, we'll share pictures of baskets. I'll take a selfie with my built bar. <laughs> instead David, of- loved, David loved my selfie on Twitter. <laughs> By the way, do you know the? Do you happen to know the, the, the macros on built bar? It's pretty incredible. The new mint marshmallow, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, five grams of sugar, and a bar covered in 100% chocolate with marshmallow fluff in the middle of it. It's great. They're delicious. The puffs are awesome. I had a brownie butter puff one today. Love that one. Those are like your fit. You're like a I love those. Little- you love those. Yeah. I was the only one that bought them. I don't know. I don't know who else didn't get them. Nobody else on our network knows about them. But as soon as they come back, I'm buying another box. Go check I it out. I have one listener who like keeps telling me that they're unbelievable. She thinks they're amazing. They're great. I'm with her. Have you done the? I, I, did you order the mint marshmallow brownie? The mint ma- marshmallow puffs? No, I have not yet. I think they sound great. I'm waiting for the ones I got. All right, Built Bar, check it out. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your entire order at Built.com. All right, the so Jazz win game one because they got 34% of their offensive rebounds. And they played zero transition that game and shot zero threes. That, as I said after game one, is not a script by which the Jazz can win three more games of this series. The Dallas Mavericks won game two by making 22 threes on 47 attempts and not committing a single turnover in the second half. I'm not sure that's a script that the Dallas Mavericks can replicate three more times to win games in this series. So how do these – what – how do these teams win games in this series? I mean, if, let, let me go. Do you guys buy that premise? Like the 22 threes and an NBA, an all-time NBA record uncontested looks on a half-hearted effort defensively by the Jazz is probably not going to be something we see again in the series? No, yeah, they'll do it again. They'll, they'll make it 23 <laughs> next time. Set a record. What's the record? Like 26, 27? <laughs> No, it's it's not. And then the Mavs got all those free throws in game one too, right? So the, like the swings from going to the line a lot or taking you know, taking all those like hitting all those threes. It's just are you going to get both of those things to happen again? Probably not. So if you're the, the Jazz are going to win games in this series, the Jazz have got to get some transition. They're not a heavy transition team, but they were in Either transition nine percent of their possessions. League average is about fifteen percent. They're usually around thirteen percent. So they were nine percent. They averaged. Are you ready for this? points per transition opportunity in that game. It should be 1.4, not 0.4. So the the script by which the Jazz win games in this series, run a little bit more, actually score in transition, and probably get your threes in some of your threes in transition. That's one way. And the other is to 
somewhere between the 28% and the 33% offensive rebounding. So to continue to get that. I think Dallas can probably take that away, though. That's why I say I don't think it's completely replicable for the Jazz to go do that for 33% again. But that that's the script by which if the Jazz are going to win games, home energy, getting out and running, actually getting some stops, getting a few transition threes, getting some more open court opportunities, not getting set with Dorian Finney-Smith on Donovan Mitchell. Um, that's the way – that's how the – and they haven't done this yet. This is how the Jazz are going to win games in this series. How, how do you know some of those numbers are, like, true? What do you mean? I I just – I didn't know if you and John Stockton used the same, like, research, like, statistician or anything for numbers. Because you're going to go with the Bill Simmons, like, <laughs> non-truths again? I'm just kidding. Can I, can I, Isaac, can I give you the, the nice – I like it. I appreciate it. I love you for it. Do you know that John Stockton's career average, I think, assists – that on the road was basically equal to what it was at home. Really? Oh no, we we were doing the do your own research. Well, oh, John's like, either oh, either way is fine. Were, man. Oh, I thought you were doing. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, being a retired athlete's not a good thing. You have too much free time on your hands. Especially evidently they don't. Evidently yeah. they don't have like full news knowledge in Spokane. It's a small place. <laughs> Uh, for for Dallas though, one of one of the things. For Haven't Dallas, you seen those hundreds of athletes are just dying on the court <laughs> every time you watch a game? Hundreds. Um, for Dallas, so we had Mike Shed, assistant coach for Dallas Mavericks, for over gosh 13, 14 years. And on our pod before game one, he said, "Hey, you got to make you know Utah shoot twos. You got to force them off the three point line." And that's something we've been monitoring of these first two games. Dallas has done a really good job of that, of forcing you guys, you know, in the, you look at the regular season, Utah averaged around 45, 46, two pointers a game. Both of these games in the first two games, Dallas is forcing the Jazz to take more twos. So I think that's something they have to lean into. And going to the three pointer point, you know, I think it's Tim McMahon who tweeted out after the game that Dallas took 17 uncontested threes in that game. What, I'll kind of turn it back to you, David, on this. What What's Utah's answer to Dallas getting uncontested threes if your perimeter defense is so bad that you can get into the paint and it's drawing Rudy to the, you know, because you can't just give up a layup. How can they prevent uncontested threes that Dallas got in game two? Oh, you didn't mean to ask because I did. <laughs> I was going to say, he watched, he watched all of them. For <laughs> and go watch all 47 <laughs> Three point attempts. <laughs> there, your your show was posted on Reddit today, and somebody was like, "I appreciate the work, but I don't hate myself. I'm not going to listen to this." <laughs> um, somebody told me on Twitter that I need to go. Like I had mental prop. Like men- I needed to see. I was like, if this is the show that actually made you realize that, you have not been paying attention. Um, so here, I mean, I just think it's interesting. So just kind of give you an idea. Let's just go first half. You took 25 threes, right? Mm-hmm. Two of them are on the play in which we're all talking about. Two of those 25 threes come off. Guy drives, Gobert leaves his man, you kick to Gobert's man. Six of them in transition. Five of them on just like basic, fundamental interchange issues. Three of them on pick and roll. Three of them on isolation. Three of them on like very simple, like Spencer Dinwiddie takes two dribbles to his left. Daniel House leaves Trey Burke naked and leaves Trey Burke for a deep open three. I mean, it was a deep shot, but, and then one of them off the zone. So honestly, and this sounds like so, and then just a third quarter, two more on the go bear, by the way, at that point, you're 0 for four on those mm. four on interchanges. Again, four more on interchanges. I mean, I'm talking about like 
Davis Bertans is run with guarded by Jordan Clarkson, runs by Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell switches, which probably is what you're supposed to do. Jordan Clarkson doesn't. Mm. Like, you've just got to know what your game plan is. Three transition, two more pick and rolls, and two more isos. So, really, honestly, like, a lot of that's just effort. It yeah. really, there's three possessions in a row when Kleba hits a three, Dinwiddie hits a three, and Finney Smith hits a three, where Gobert is shifting over. And the very and and those are you know were absurdly bad rotations by the Jazz to not make the rotation to the corner for the three like it's not that complicated. Gobert's man's in the corner. Where's the pass going to go? Pre rotate to the spot. Like I mean honestly, like they should be able to do that. Um, so I th- I think the way you're taking away those threes is a little bit of just one playing some more with a little more focus, a little more defense, a little more effort, a little more tenacity. I'm, and I'm not like that kind of guy. I'm generally an analytics guy. But if you watch the tape, I mean it's just. It's it like I said on the show yesterday. They played like it's November, mm. and yeah. Dallas didn't to their credit. Yeah. But, do you do you I, think any part of that is them just overlooking the Mavs because they don't have Luca? I mean, Phoenix did it too, right? Like it's not that crazy a concept, right? Yeah. Honestly, the, like, the, the Mavs twice played played Phoenix without Luca, and the Mavs didn't d- get destroyed in those games. Right, so no, the only I mean, reason you I, could, I think, if you ask Phoenix, you know, Milwaukee's doing it right now as we're as we're recording this. Milwaukee's down fourteen at home, and they're. Their second game, the, Phoenix. The Mavs without Luka did it with the Milwaukee, too. Right, yeah. I mean, Phoenix last night, if you watch them, they weren't particularly sharp. Minnesota did it last night. It's, this is not a crazy playoff concept that you win the first game and you come out a little le- with a little less tenacity than the other team did. I thought it was a little extreme, particularly with Luka lingering and you're at home against a shorthanded team. On the other end, you know what? If the Mavericks went through a whole season with this roster, they'd probably win 45 games. Good. Oh, I, I honestly think they could. Yeah, I think they're 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 a little better than five hundred team. So if you walk into their building for two road games and you get one of them during, you're fine. Like I don't think like I don't think Dallas is like that horrendous a team. Luke is amazing, but you know I mean Dinwiddie's still in the ninety first percentile in isolation. Brunson's still in the ninety fourth percentile on pick and roll. Like these guys aren't scrubs. They're pretty good players. And so you know, hey, over eighty two games would be quite a burden to try to carry this load. But this is a, a five hundred to above five hundred team. You're probably not going to beat them twice in their building. Should beat him twice in your building if Luca doesn't play. Coming up, what are the adjustments for Game Three? What is? Wait a second, how does Dallas win? No, we'll do. We can. <laughs> We're gonna go long. We're gonna go long. I, I mean, come on, I run the damn place. Um, how? What's Dallas' script? <clears throat> I honestly think they just keep the same script. Like you force the twos, you play, you keep on going small. They're obviously right. They're just riding off the rebounding battle and the points in the paint battle. Was saying, hey, like we're gonna lose the rebounding thing. And we saw Quinn Snyder's quote after game one. It's like, hey, if you, you know, teams want to keep getting out rebounded by 20, maybe they'll rethink them going, you know, small basically. Dallas, like, hey, we just lost it, lost the rebound about about 19 and we won the game. So I think they're just going to put the shooters out there. They'll, that's why they're playing Maxi over 30 minutes compared to Dwight at 15 and say, hey, we'll just, we'll challenge you on your rotations. We'll put shooters on the floor. We'll kind of play a little bit of the Clippers script on it. And, We'll try but to. Then I, but I mean, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be like. No, no, no honestly, yeah. like you, you lose the series doing that unless you shoot 47 percent from three again. Well, I just don't know what other option they have. Okay, that, that, you know, you might be right. Like, <laughs> yeah, until and, and it comes back. That might be that might be the truth. And that's why we threw out the hey, shoot shoot at least 43s in the game. Like that that game one, we shot 32 threes. Can we at least get up to 40? Like chuck them. Like I'm in the press box with Jonathan Sharks and Bobby Crow, and we're like. Just chuck the threes. Like this is no like without Brunson, Dinwiddie relies so much on driving to the basket for his points. He can't drive against Rudy Gobert. So it's like 
without Brunson in there, then you just got to chuck the threes. So, I, I mean, that's you just almost have to pray and say, this is our game plan. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that five to six of these things can go true in the same game again. And you know what? I don't think that's crazy because you actually have a crazy math. And we, the Jazz have usually been the one. I'm usually the one time where the Jazz have a crazy math advantage. I'm a big, I'm a huge believer in shot distribution advantage. It's two or three points in a game. It's a, it's nine to 11 wins during a season. If you actually are, are that high last year, the Jazz were about two and a half points a game in shot distribution between offense and defense. Right now, the Mavericks have, they're, they're up a point or two. If we looked at, I don't know if you guys ever use QSQ, which is the second spectrum number of expected shot quality. I, I would guess that the Mavericks expected shot quality is two or three percentage points better than the Jazz right now. And so you might be exactly right that that's, that's mm-hmm. actually the, the script on this is if you take away the threes and bomb a bunch, you have such a math advantage that maybe you do get four out of seven or you at least get mm-hmm. one of the next two before Luca comes back. Because the Mavs have... Uh- Two, maybe two players that, that are allowed to take other shots, right? Everybody else on their team are only allowed to take certain shots, and so they're only allowed to take quality shots, like Dorian, Maxi, even Dwight, and that. Like, you're just not allowed to take a shot that's not quality, and it's just Brunson and Dinwiddie, which gives the Mavs less, like, their margin of error is so so much smaller to win games like that because of because they don't have, you know, shot creators. Like, they don't have the, the three that you guys have in Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Clarkson. They just don't have the options. Yeah, I'm pulling up. I'll pull up those numbers and see what we have uh, in our next before we start our next segment of what the shot quality of the two teams have been coming up. The adjustments to be made for each team. We will talk about what the Mavs need to do, what we expect from game three, what we expect. When do we expect Luca to come back? Talk about all that coming up. All right. Isaac Harris, David Locke. We're back. Locked on Mavs, locked on Jazz crossover. Talking about this series tied up one to one, Luka Doncic looming in the series. Isaac, if Luka doesn't play another game in this series, what happens? Oh, the Jazz win. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that, but if he doesn't play at all in the series, then I think you know Utah. They just have too much, and uh, you know I, Mitchell's too good, and Bogdanovich. You know, we we were uh, thinking about what you said. You know, on our crossover heading into Game One about. Hey, what's it mean if Boyan scores more than Clarkson? Who's going to score more in the series? And you were saying, you know, you as in David Locke was saying on this pod, hey, <laughs> if it's Bognatovich, that, that's good things. And he goes off for like, you know what, 20 in the first half. We're like, dang it, David Locke. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a good thing for Utah. And then Clarkson, you know, goes off in game two, uh, you know, points wise, defensively, he struggled. But um, y'all just have a good little one two punch there outside of your best creator, Mitchell. I think the foul trouble is is big. I mean, I think that really derailed Mike. I, I was actually yeah, talking man. to Mike today. I figured out he played 74 seconds in 72 minutes of real time. Wow. Oh, dang. Because he went out with eight minutes left in the second quarter. Yep. Halftime, he played 74 seconds, 76 seconds, and then sat for another eight minutes. It was He basically played 70 seconds in 70 minutes of real time. And that's I, harder for an older player like that to just come back. He and, said that. He actually said that in the presser today. He said he got stiff and, and was bothered by it. But if you, well, if you can, you know, the Jazz don't have any guard depth. So it's three guys. It's Conley, Clarkson, and Mitchell. That's Those are the three guards you're going to play for. And, not, and not Trent Forrest. Trent Forrest is no, out. No, not, not, he's not going to wait. You know, he, by the way, I just want to point this out. Game six, he's going to come back from his foot sprain and wave your ass out. No. <laughs> if he waves at us, I'm done. Why, why can we never forget that wave off in summer league? I guess it was because it was a free throw and it, it just stuck with us. In summer league. Oh, was but, it on, but was it on Elam scoring? I think in, it was. In summer league? Was it? 
I think it was. I don't because I mean a wave off on Elam scoring after free throw is kind of awesome. <laughs> I think I remember saying like, "Hey, have fun. This might be your biggest moment in summer league." But <laughs> in what, his career, ironically his career. enough, the Jazz like seriously miss him right now. <laughs> they they need, people. Yeah. They need so staying with Conley real quick. What do you think Daniel House eats into his minutes at all when it comes to you know defending Brunson? So one of the things that we're talking about adjustments are working is Mike Conley getting some off the bounce threes. Mike, Mike Conley mm-hmm. is an older guard, small guard at this point. He's not a good rim finisher. He's on the rim very, very rarely. Um, he And so he does shoot that, you know, left. Nice, nice right floater hand. game. Yeah. Floater. It's not a the highest percentage shot. Analytically, it's exactly what you want. So is Mike Conley either assisting threes or getting some off-the-bounce threes. He's the number one off-the-bounce three-shooter in the NBA. That would be the first kind of sign to me that something's going better for the Jazz if Mike's getting those looks. If Mike has to be an in-the-paint player, that's not a great script for him at this point in his career. Hmm. So if that's the case, maybe you see Daniel House. So I, so it's not I, even I really a... think, By the way, like I know this sounds crazy, but if they execute it correctly, you got to put up a little resistance, okay? You can't just be a, a swinging gate. But you got to put up a little resistance. Rudy taking away the rim. Mm -hmm. Pass to the corner. Guy rotates. Pass to the next guy. Guy rotates. Pass back up top. There's a play late in the game. Finney Smith gets it. Gobert's there. Finney Smith jabs twice and hits the three over the top. Hell of a shot. You want to live on that? You win. Like, that's the shot you're going to win on? You win on that. It's the the butt-ass naked wide open corner three or above the break three because someone didn't make the rotation. As much as we're all talking about the dribble penetration, in this league where you can't hand check and you can't touch, stopping dribble penetration is really, really hard. If we can put up enough resistance so Gobert can have more impact, so the guys can rotate, here's another adjustment. If I see the Mavericks getting the ball to the corner and having to make a pass or drive, kick, and have to drive again, because particularly if Luka's not playing, there aren't other ball handlers. Like if yeah. Reggie Bullock or Dorian Finney-Smith or Maxi Kleba or Dwight Powell or somebody else has to put the ball on the deck for more than two dribbles, this is the we last- are on. We're at a Disneyland ride, and you're not sure you're staying on the rails any longer. This no. is last year's Clippers problem with with the, with the Mavericks. They literally didn't have anybody else that could handle the ball, so they had to play Trey Burke and throw him in there. And luckily, Brunson has taken the next step forward. They acquired Spencer Dinwiddie, and now they have at least two more guys that, that are able to dribble in these moments. But nobody was last year. Well, is it? I'm waiting for a Donovan Mitchell like super efficient going off game. Is that? Do we think that that's coming at some point where he just goes off, has 40, shoots like 55 percent from the field, or if the Mavs sort of in throwing multiple guys at him, trying to make it hard, have sort of taken his efficiency out of this series? He's 14 of 51 over the last two years when being guarded by Dorian Finney-Smith. Hmm. That's the a number length. I like. So I don't think the answer, and he's four of 20 from three. So unless you're getting somebody switched on to Donovan nearly every possession, which means you're really not playing your offense, playing your game. You're just playing half court, get a switch, go to drive. Then I I don't see that big game for, for Don. I do think, you know, the jazz are great pick and roll team. I'm guessing we're going to see less and less pick and roll. And we are going to see that switching, drive, have Gobert stay in the dunker spot. Kleba and Powell have done such a good job coming up high on the ball that and creating such traffic that there aren't very good passing lanes that I almost have a feeling the Jazz are going to do what the Mavericks are doing, 
but just do it with Gobert in the dunker spot. And then Kleba mm-hmm. and Powell have to come up to the ball if they're going to yeah. impact it, which leaves Rudy open at the rim. And now you're lobbing over the top. Or and, and Mitchell's, the if they want to throw to Mitchell's, sure, Mitchell's good at throwing lobs to Rudy. He too. is. We, our lob percentage was really good the other night. That led to more threes than actually Gobert leaving his man and kicking to the corner. It was transition off trying to get Rudy offense. Oh, true. The the other side, though, is then Dallas has got to, if that doesn't happen, Dallas and Donovan's driving on some, Dinwiddie or Bertans if he can play anymore in the series. You, Oh, no comment to that. Um, no, we I, agree. <laughs> no, I'm here. By the way, if Luca doesn't play and Bertans can't stay on the floor, like where are your 240 minutes coming from? Well, <laughs> that's why Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney Smith have both, I think they've averaged like 44 minutes in this. As series. of la- as of last night when we recorded our show, through two games, everybody threw two games in their series. The three leading minute getters <laughs> in the NBA playoffs were. Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Jalen Brunson. Like those guys just have barely come off the floor at all. And the Bertans, Josh Green minutes have literally just been: we got to get our guys five minutes. We got to get Reggie Bullock five minutes, or one minute here, two minutes here, just to sit for a little bit. And that's the way that they're going to keep playing. They'll keep playing those guys, but they're not going to be effective, right? And and, and don't and laugh. Then, and the Trey Burke minutes too. Yeah, don't laugh. But Frank Nelikina would would be playing right now in like a. Like I honestly think if you know he had his tonsillitis, I think that's the term for he had a non COVID illness that took him out for a while at the end here. Yeah, so I honestly think he would be playing over Josh Green right now. So if he if he comes back, he's out for game three. If he comes back soon for like game four, I think he's in the rotation, at least getting some minutes. By the way, I, I think the narrative that's out about this series, and this is a little bit to kind of how is each team gonna win? Like I, I just think the national media's really been bad on this series. Dallas wins that game in transition. Hmm. They get eight transition threes in game two. Yeah, they're pushing like, it. That's, wow. you know, Dallas had 15 transition opportunities, averaged 1.7 points per transition, scored 20 points, had eight transition threes. The Jazz had 10 transition opportunities, scored five points. In the first game of the series, the Jazz didn't have at least scored 10 points on nine. Dallas had 13 points, scored 15 points, hit four transition threes. If you'd only hit four of your eight transition threes, the Jazz win game two, too. Mm. And the Mavs have not played in transition at all because Luka doesn't push the ball in transition. He's not really necessarily good in transition. There have been there have been games this year where somebody gets a transition dunk or a layup, and it just blows our mind because we just have not been used to seeing this team push in transition. But I feel like off of some missed shots, some you know missed threes, or the you know the the Rudy like attempts the the alley oop and. A, caroms off and then all of a sudden the Mavs can just push it because they know Rudy's way behind the play at that point and they've they've been able to push it and play a little faster yeah I did a quick search on uh, synergy on transition possessions this season um, Dallas 30th in the league in that so yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't do that and in pace <laughs> right yeah. no I mean it's gonna be interesting I mean this is very similar series with the Jazz have seen before the Jazz pick and roll defense has been pretty good in this series uh, Brunson hits two threes kind of early in the third where once where he snakes around and the other time, other than that, there really has actually been almost nothing out of the pick and roll. So teams abandon the pick and roll because Rudy's too good in the pick and roll. And so then they just play isolation drive game. Dallas is the number one isolation team, number one drive team in the NBA, largely because of Luca, but not only because of Luca, like Brunson and Dinwiddie are Dinwiddie. super good at that. And so this is a similar kind of where jazz playoff series usually get to, because you have to take that away. The, the question is whether the jazz, I think on the other side, 
can get out and go at all and get get some of those looks they're not been able to get so far. There's a, there's a lot of areas that obviously when, when Luca comes back, it changes, but that pick and roll area is one that I think changes a lot. Dwight Powell's offense has been just nothing in this series so far. When Luca comes back, that becomes a completely different thing. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that gets added into the series, like dropped right in the middle of it. Like all of a sudden they have this option. And, and what does the center rotation look like with that? Because, you know, Dwight gets 15 minutes the other night mm-hmm. compared to, you know, Maxi getting 31 and, it was because you know they they thrived with that shooting on the on the floor. So do they keep that with Luca, or do they bring Dwight in more with Luca to utilize the pick and roll? I, I don't yeah, know. are they are they back to like the Porzingis days of having two different identities as an offense? No, we don't we don't reference those days anymore. This <laughs> is a, a new era. <laughs> One note for you: uh, two middle regular season games that kind of mattered. Eighty four picks against Gobert, about one point of possession. 39 picks against Whiteside, about 1.2, 1.3 points of possession. So the Whiteside mm. position, that's where Kleba got going. Kleba got most of his um, possessions it's early, when Whiteside was on the floor, and that's where Kleba got his early looks and in transition. Yeah, Whiteside uh, almost connected with uh, Maxi on his air punch that got him the tech the other night. <laughs> I got worried for Maxi's life for a second. But the Josh Green minutes, Josh Green actually had a, a role carved out in the rotation before this playoff series. He only had five minutes the other night, but he just can't be on the floor with Rudy. And because they just put Rudy on him. And then, you know, the classic play we all we all witnessed of Josh just driving, you know, dribbling around in circles and then doing a pretty good spin move. And Rudy's just like, no, no, kid, you cannot score at the rim. I'm going to take this out. Um, and the, the Mavs, are, one of the reasons why the Mavs have – been able to have games where Maxi goes off after going through a huge slump is Jason Kidd has been so into empowering players. Like keep shooting, keep taking this shot. You know, Reggie Bullock at the beginning of the season couldn't hit anything. Mavs fans are so mad at him. Then all of a sudden he gets hot and he's, he starts hitting shots. Like they're just going to keep telling Josh Green to shoot, right? Like if he's out there and he stops shooting, then that all of a sudden messes with his confidence. And then that, that is, that goes counterintuitive to what Jason Kidd is trying to do. And so I, I think that's another reason why I don't think he can play. Because if he's out there, he's going to shoot. They they they're just going to keep calling for him to shoot because he's going to be wide open. He's like Wancho. Wancho had a good game. I would like to see more Wancho, but I have an unnatural love affair with Wancho Herman Gomez. It's <laughs> the movie star. Part. When's that movie come out? Yeah, it's probably <laughs> not. It's probably not a a you know probably having a love affair with a player of the caliber of Wancho Herman Gomez is probably not the greatest <laughs> thing ever. But how? Uh... How are you and uh, the Jazz feeling about Marcus Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year? Um, I actually didn't have a problem with Marcus Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year. What I had a problem with is that 40% of the voters didn't count Rudy in the top three. That's wow, seemed- really? I didn't even see that breakdown. Wow. So that seemed, to me to be three? that seemed to be a little ridiculous. Dang, I need to – hold on. I need to go, go to bat for the future Maverick here. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> By the way, all right, now back to – while you continue with your future Maverick, um, here's a neat little note for this. You ready? Okay. First six seconds of the shot clock in this series, the Jazz are taking – let me just do one little note thing. I actually had one little mistake on this. Give me one. The Jazz are taking – this is a on the fly right here. In the first six seconds of the shot clock, the Jazz are taking nine shots a game – 8.5 shots a game. Okay. And three of them are threes in this series. In the regular season, that was what I was about to ask you. The Utah Jazz took twelve point two shots, and six of them were threes. 
Wow. Run them off the line. Sounds like good defense. That's that's in the first six seconds. We go to obviously the first eight. It changes a little bit, but and gets even to be more. But that's that's what the Jazz. The threes. Jason Kidd, Dallas did a great job. Those threes are just not coming in the on a half court set in the first eight seconds. So Mike D'Antoni's eight seconds. The Jazz average in the regular season. The Jazz were averaging ten threes a game attempted. In the first eight seconds of a shot clock, in the first eight seconds now, they're getting 6.5. So that'll be the key. Mm. That's good. That'll, hey, your show's only really supposed to be 30 minutes, Nick. Nick, I'm telling you, boss. Also blew by that second break right there. <laughs> I just blew by it. Isaac, don't you have any control over this guy? Or is he getting like high and mighty now? He's a channel manager and thinks he's big crap. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> He never lets me do ad reads. I just took everything away from him. I stopped him from doing the, He can't talk in the cold open. No, ad I, don't, reads. I don't get shady rays. I yeah, have. What's, a, up with him? what's up with him? Hide the shady rays. I you? have a pair of shady rays for him. And he just, he skipped all the last Mavs games of the year. So I couldn't give it to him. <laughs> At least you're a loyal built bar buyer. Oh, I love built bar. And it's great for keto. I did, did keto and stuff for a while. And, it's great for that. All right. Are we doing when we do this next Wednesday? What's the series? That will um, be at what, what game will we be at at that point? I mean, game six. Will we do one next Wednesday? Yeah, I was going to say three more games left. At least. Yeah. So one no, team I has think to we'll... win all three of those games. For it to so be let's over start with that. that. Does anyone believe that their team can win three straight? No, I think Mavs are up 3-2 after five games. All right, I'll go with the Jazz up 3-2. Okay. I think I'll go Jazz 3-2 as well. I think... Well, well if we, okay, if we... Well, Jazz win the two. Jazz win the two in... In Utah. In Utah. Lucas plays better on Monday in Dallas. When he's back. Mavericks win. Lucas close to 100% for game six and seven. Mm. Spicy. And they win in game seven. <laughs> we, we already discussed it. Trent Forrest wins. <laughs> I thought he was going to go for his uh, his quote for Utah. Like, you don't win in Utah. Like, the stat of how long it's been since we've... How I mean, long has it been again? 14 straight losses for you when we wrap up the series in game six. We we, we talked about the last time the Mavs won a, a game in Utah. This podcast didn't exist. <laughs> that is to the network? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think the network. It was like 2015, I think, right? No, the network was just starting. Wild. Let's. Uh, here's well, to ending that trend. Well, right well David, year. I just want to say thank you for joining the top YouTube channel in the network hey. from last week. It's an honor to have you on this on this <laughs> YouTube channel. Either the show's really good, <laughs> or there's a search magic, whatever that might be. Either the shows really is Luka Doncic in every title, maybe, but yes, <laughs> Luka Doncic sits. Mavs beat Jazz. Right. <laughs> it works. Who gets more podcast listens? The fifth biggest market in the country, or the thirty-fourth biggest market in the country? <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> it's true, but if you add them together, hold on. I just was wondering. <laughs> No, I, no I, I can say no more because I know who signs my paychecks. <laughs> Actually, I don't anymore. Oh, that's no. true. 
There was a, there was probably a time where you actually had my signature. <laughs> Nobody has anything no else to do in Utah. Oh man! All right, it's a great city though, right, Isaac? <laughs> Bad. Bad. City. Oh, it's good. <laughs> it's all right. Chuck Cooperstein was on the. It was looking for a dinner reservation on Friday night. Mike Mark Falwell emails me today. Hey, can you help me with a dinner reservation for Friday night? Like. Dinner, like, actually, no. I actually (laughs) cannot get a dinner reservation on a Friday night on Wednesday. It's actually a real city. Sorry. Like, no, I can't. Sunday, no problem. I can take care of you, Utah, on Sunday. But not on Friday night. Mark went to, uh, Mark is a big foodie, obviously, and he he went to uh, Lucky, he posted about today, Lucky 13, Lucky 16 to get a burger or something. Tonight? Yeah, yeah, tonight. Oh, I was at their hotel tonight. I was like, oh man. I didn't see we, Lucky Nick and I Lucky. joked about coming to Salt Lake City for Yeah, we're just gonna show up on for, your front door. <laughs> you could have come and stay. You're welcome to stay. It's like we should have came for a game. I mean it would have sucked when I left you outside and it's 23 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to come. <laughs> you want you want to come out for game six? Oh man, that'd be fun. See us close out the series. That might be a good one. Then we can wait. Then we can wave Trent for us. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Trent. You know what? Actually, you'll see is when I'm driving away from the arena and you don't have a place to stay. <laughs> Lodging depends right, on done. result of the game. <laughs> I'm done. All right. We're guys. done. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs, Locked On Jazz, making us your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA. I don't know who's hosting that show today, but they're pretty good at their job. Go check it out, Locked On NBA, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Peace out. Peace out. Boom.